1: This week, my guest is beautician and beauty pageant participant, Karen Fitzhenry. Karen lives up in Saskatchewan, Canada, which is way north of Dallas, Texas. It's our first international guest, I believe. And so in this episode, we talk about participating in beauty pageants, Canada, being the mom of eight. And then we get into her fear of going to the dentist. It's a fun episode, so let's get into that interview right now with Karen Fitzhenry. All right, my guest this week, we're going international. We're actually crossing borders to Canada with my guest Karen Fitzhenry, a beautician and also founder of the Paper Doll Initiative, where she tries to, I guess, help people not be feel trapped by what society and magazines tell you is beautiful and to own your own beauty and to kind of see yourself in a in a positive light rather than to see the flaws that you you don't measure up to as far as magazines. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing really good. It's snowy, cold, of course, up here in Saskatchewan.
1: It's actually cold down here, too. Like, we've been in the 30s and 20s this this whole week, which mm-hmm. is, is having me be an indoor jungle here. My plants are just out of camera shot, but... So how have you lived in Canada your whole life? Like, has that just been home for you?
0: Born and raised. Okay. Yeah. Born and raised to Canada.
1: And you're a mother of of children. It, I don't, how I many? Have, I have eight. Eight. Wow. That, is, but that's a, you know, that's a fun, you know, it's kind of loud, but at the same time, like it's mm-hmm. comforting because it's just a lot of people, you know, just talking smack and, and, and fighting yeah. and. I used
0: of, to always say after you have four you must keep going because you don't notice them after that <laughs>
1: yeah. My dad is one of like six and so I I, I get that kind of household I've kind of shared a household with that in my mom's family which is really small and quiet and so it's it's very it's a very interesting dynamic to jump from one where you just kind of you know keep quiet be yourself to pet you know food going everywhere people you know you're not helping doing chores like everybody had a task like if you're cooking something someone had to peel potatoes someone was doing this and if you weren't doing nothing you were called out for it It very like what do you not do why are you not helping and so it was a very it's a very it's a very fun i guess you know full house dynamic so were you like were you like a sibling of many you have a lot of siblings yourself or no
0: uh, no, I just had a brother and two sisters. Um, and then we recently, uh, about four years ago, we actually found another sister uh, and I found out that I actually have two more that I've never met. So so I tech I came from a smaller family.
1: Okay. So what what is it like being the matriarch of a, I guess large larger size family?
0: It's fun. It's uh, like a lot of people for one, when they see me in person, I don't, I body wise, I don't look like I've had that many kids. I don't know what people think I should look like. Yeah. you know. Uh, and I definitely don't look um, old enough is what I get told all the time. Mm-hmm.
1: You feel old enough probably. <laughs> there are days, there are some
0: days I feel like, yeah, you know, I'm definitely grandma mode and yeah. other days where I'm like, like what? I'm done. <laughs>
1: How was discipline like with eight kids? like how did how did that? Because I feel like there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of blame going around. There's a lot of no, they did it, a lot of mediation.
0: I employed the uh, wooden spoon technique. <laughs> so if anything, I never wanted to like just automatically accuse someone. I always wanted to give them an opportunity to tell me, you know what happened. and let them know it's okay to tell me that. So I would line them all up like the Von Trapp family, you know, uh, from youngest to oldest and I would sit down with my windspin beside me and I'd be like, okay, I just want to know who did it. <laughs> you know? And they, of course uh, they would all deny it. And then fine. I'd call the youngest over because you know, you gotta go for the youngest, you know, full effect. We put her over my knee. And I'd be like, seriously, we all know she didn't do it. So you're really going to let her take the punishment? <laughs> you know so it's that that usually kind of made it a lot easier to find out who did what <laughs> I'm
1: sure your youngest loved that, <laughs> that will...
0: the funny thing is I never had to spank them yeah. because I, they was they were never going to allow this little one to take the punishment the,
1: the, the sweet innocent
0: yeah
1: that's, fan, that's hilarious and fun at the same time that we, we have ways of making you talk
0: yeah yeah unfortunately, I think my one son took the blame for more stuff than I actually did. so
1: well, but I mean, that's you always have those different, I guess personalities in your family. You'll have the the quiet, the the attention seeker, the the guy the the one that that's kind of the glue like my my youngest youngest aunt was like the glue person. like she's the one that when my grandmother passed said, hey, we need to stick together, come to my house and, you know, just kind of took on that matriarch role. And you just had, you know, it's maybe it's not the oldest, but some, one of them in the family tends to be the person that kind of keeps things as a unit rather than, you know, Hey, why don't we hang out Wants to goes to the other room, goes to this kind of the networker that everybody likes, you know, it's not nobody's, you know, they've always, and so it's, it's always a fun dynamic when you have, I'm an only child, so I have none of that in my life growing up. But I could see that dynamic of just the different personalities and how some people would together would just the competition would get elevated and they would just, you know, they would feed off each other and sometimes positive, sometimes negative. But that was always there was just that just led to part of the chaos of the family is that, you know, certain people could only be around certain people a certain amount of time before shit hit the fan.
0: Well, and we even find now, like as they've grown up, um, they've they've almost separated into like mm-hmm. an older four and the younger four. Yeah. Um, so the older four tend to hang out and they're close, and the younger four will hang out and they're they're close. Now, all eight of them are, are fairly close, but you can see that that little yeah. clique,
1: yeah. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, I probably from sharing rooms and things like that because, yeah, there's no and way toys
0: <laughs> and clothes and. <laughs>
1: yeah that's gotta that's that's the uh, that's the i guess the downside of having i guess eight would be the the the, everything kind of transitions to the next there's a lot of hand-me-downs because there's not a you can only have so much space with that in you and so you have to share rooms and keep both people have to keep it clean and yeah well
0: and i went voice three girls, boy, three girls. So my girls tended to get all the hand-me-downs and the boys mm-hmm. tend to get the newer stuff because there's so much you know, time between them.
1: Yeah. So you're a beautician esthetician. you like, you do almost all things beauty.
0: I do. Yeah. Except for hair.
1: <laughs> except for hair. How did you get into like makeup and like skincare and all that stuff? Like, how did that become like, I guess your passion and I guess day job?
0: Um, well, I always, even as a kid, uh, I was always doing like taking the dolls, redoing the hair, I was doing their makeup. I was always into that. Um, I remember walking down in grade six to buy makeup, you know, with my babysitting money. Um, I'd put it on at school and I'd take it off before I got home, you know, so I was always into it. Uh, I did take, um, uh, once I graduated, uh, I went in and took, uh, aesthetics, um, which is way back in 89. Um, I did that for a bit, uh, but I never really did a lot of salon stuff. I, I had more of a, like an interest in film when it came to makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did eventually move out to Vancouver uh, and spent five years working on film out there. Um, I did a, a few uh, independent films um, doing makeup for them. It was a neat experience. Just has made me love it even more. I like more of the beauty side over the gore. But if I can get into the blood and that, mm-hmm. love it even more. <laughs> so,
1: I bet your kids just line up for Halloween.
0: They do. It was Undead, everything. We we were undead cool before Walking Dead became
1: cool. <laughs> I was going to say, because that's just, and Halloween, I'm like, you're like the, you're the, you're the greatest person in the whole world to them. Like, oh yeah, make me make this, make that, you know, and you just, and it feeds into what you want to do. Cause it's like, oh, maybe it's something that no one wants to use, but I can try some things. Like you can kind of expand your range is makeup wise. Like, well, what if I try this effect? What does this look like? And they become your eight little guinea pigs. And <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's what we had to do. Um, because we didn't we didn't have like YouTube Archinedes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so, so it's like practice on whoever you had around, even doing lashes and nails. I'd you know, I'd practice on the boys if they would let me. So
1: who's the biggest star you've like done makeup for?
0: Uh, so I uh, actually had an opportunity to be on set of Fantastic Four. No, I didn't do their makeup. I'll clarify that. (laughs) Uh, But I uh, had the opportunity to be there uh, as an assistant to the assistant makeup artist. Uh, So Jessica Alba uh, was in the honey wagon with us. Uh, And then we also had, um, I can't can't believe I can never remember his name, but it was Dr. Doom, which I just remember him as Cole because I had a huge crush on him. (laughs) Uh, And he was in the trailer getting uh, his makeup done as well.
1: That's awesome. And and to, to be on such a huge production like that, like that's a that's a learning or interning experience that you can you can never, I guess, not turn down or anything like it's just an experience of a lifetime that this is big budget cinema makeup like you get to see like how like did you I mean, you didn't actually do makeup for them, but maybe you helped prep, you know, some of the I guess, you know, whatever they needed to have done like this.
0: Yeah, I was there doing whatever was needed, whenever was needed, you know, and like I lucked out getting into that um, because I was dating a guy that was Props Master back then, which is the only reason why I kind of was able to get onto some of these bigger films, (laughs) but it did give me an opportunity to showcase some of my work, which, you know, led into uh, other opportunities as well. Uh, Once I moved back to Saskatchewan though, we don't have a lot of film uh, happening out Mm -hmm. here, to the non-Sax tax credit. Okay. Um so they uh, used to offer that to film um in the film industry and they for I think 10 years now uh we haven't had that so it's kind of really cut our movies um and filming out yeah. so now it's just pretty much pretty makeup and skincare.
1: <laughs> okay. So you also do pageant work. I do. And how, how did you get into pageant work? Like how did that start?
0: Uh, well, that started when I was uh, a teenager. I, I went into my local pageant. I was the first runner up in the Miss Coldale. Um, and then from there, I went on to do Miss Lethbridge um, and was uh, going wanting to get into the Miss Canada pageant that uh, my daughter uh, eventually got into. Um, and once I came older, I didn't realize there were pageants out there for women who had had children or were married. Mm-hmm. Um, and thanks uh, again, thanks to my daughter and a friend of mine uh, who's also do, does pageants. I was able to find out about all these different ones and everything that they have to offer. So, I got back into doing it, and I've been doing it for four years now.
1: Now, your daughter doesn't do it anymore, correct? No, but that was that's probably a cool shared experience that you could, you know, that's something that you enjoyed and that she that you could kind of, I guess share that kind of part of piece of your life with her kind of that's a rule. that's a nice bonding thing to kind of and for her to get into the pageant that you wanted to get into just kind of you know it really you...
0: felt like it was something that was attainable you know mm-hmm. because if, if we could if have my own child coming into it it was like having this star all of a sudden appear yeah. that i've been watching for years you know
1: yeah. Not only that, like it's, it's, it's probably even more proud because it's something that, you know, you get to see the excitement as, as a parent, you get to see their joy yeah. and it's just, you just kind of, it's watching your child just take steps, you know, pageant, yeah. pageant steps and waves and all the little things and just.
0: And teaching me how to walk now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, and, and that's such a fun dynamic because you get, you're never, you never stop learning and you, your kids will, will easily teach you things that you never knew about before they <laughs> and that's that's just a cool experience. And so you are probably you're heading to Florida you said for a pageant here. I, How long is that flight?
0: Uh you know, I'm not sure. Um the farthest I've ever flown was down to California so uh, I don't think the flights are too long,
1: but Okay. I didn't know where sat where you were in Saskatchewan comparatively to
0: um, I'm, I'm, I'm in the city that, you know, rhymes with fun, okay. Regina, to you know, <laughs> the home famous for Deadpool. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's, uh, I do remember Deadpool and stuff like that for Regina. That's awesome.
0: You should have heard our theater when he announced that. <laughs> that was pretty epic. Oh,
1: that's awesome. And so you also have a initiative called the paper doll initiative. I do. Tell us about that.
0: And so I wanted to be able to help uh, people kind of um, learn to love their self, themselves a little bit more, I guess. Uh, just seeing this, the stuff that i had gone through in my life and the stuff that my children have gone through as far as beauty and, and the way society tells us to be um, compared to how what we think we should be. Uh, I wanted to kind of bring that a little bit to light uh, and kind of teach workshops on to how to fix that. So I had actually written a poem called Paper Doll, at which point uh, I had put lines in there that, you know, we cut and paste ourselves to how people think we should be. Um, We're we're changing our eyes, we're coloring our skin, we're, you know, doing all this um, stuff uh, to just kind of bring us to what we think everybody's supposed to be. So with the Paper Doll initiative, uh, it's going to have workshops for you to help you with that. Um, and also it's going to offer you a, a sponsor or a, a mentor that you can talk to that's kind of gone through the stuff you've gone through.
1: Long story. <laughs> yeah, that's super awesome. And, you know, that's something that, you know, a lot of people, you know, not just in pageant life or anything could, could benefit mm-hmm. from. Cause there's so many, I guess, external pressures that, that, that mold you into trying to be a certain way, like to be, you know, that even if it's just like speaking like sometimes people are told you don't need you're you're either you're this or that you can't say that you know you're not allowed to say that you're not supposed to be speaking when other you know and just things that just kind of i guess negatively can you know make you pull back and not be yourself because then you ha- it's an it's a thing you have it's like almost a checkpoint yeah okay, well, I can't be, I can't be loud and, you know, loud and boisterous here because these people frown upon that and be quiet, polite, dignified. And some, in some places, you know, I, I know for young girls, it's like, be a lady, you know, like try to be ladylike. And it's, yeah. And it's a lot of, it's a conditioning thing of, yes, you don't want to be a, a screaming lunatic, but at the same time, it's also, you know, kind of can sometimes go too far and, tell people yeah you you shouldn't do this you're and i'm like there there there's benefits and and detractors you should be able to express who you are now you know you can't you can't just wholly you know being who you are doesn't take precedence over everybody else so you have no. to also share that spotlight with other people that want to be who they are
0: yeah. well and you have to allow yourself to be you know a certain way as well um, you know, like we we allow people to tell us how to be or how we how to think, and then we turn around and we blame them. You know, while well, I'm you're telling me I have to think this way. Well, why am I allowing that? You know, yeah. so that's um, one thing. When you like, I get you to draw out your your paper doll, and then I get you to write a, a skill or a quality uh, on him or her, and then from there you're going to say something negative about that skill or that quality. And that's every time we do that, we're tearing the doll, you know, yeah. um, and we're going to heal we're healing. We're going to counseling. We're doing all that. Mm-hmm. We're healing, but we're just taping that doll back up. she's not very pretty, you know, mm-hmm. because she's like just covered all over. Right. Yeah. So trying to teach how to um, cope with different things or different ways, mm-hmm. you know, to think, you know, like my son being transgender um, over the last uh, three, four years that since he's transitioned, Watching some of the things that he's had to cut and paste himself through not only this um, action, but through um, even as when he was a girl, it was completely unnecessary, but that's what we're taught to do. You know, Mm so he cut and paste himself to make what other people thought he should be, whether it was family or friends, society, you know, TV.
1: Yeah. And that that's a hard one too, because I I've talked to some people that are you know, that I've had on that are like they're transitioned, and it's just hard because people, it's hard for people to also because they knew you before, mm-hmm. and so they it's they get caught up in the, oh, I mean, is it she you know they get and it's and it just adds more it's more that you have to explain and it's yeah. one of those things where it's like I get that that even my indecision on what to call you. Kind of is a is a small picking out of small little scratch or something of of who you are, and instead of just being like, "Oh yeah, hey, how's it going?" Instead, you know, you just cut, you you get hung up on the on the transition versus the result. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, "That's why there's the she/her and all that stuff." Is it's like you, you just why is it? Why do we have to make this stop and be like, "Oh, you you're you know just why is?" And I just, I never thought of it that way. It's like, why do we have to stop and acknowledge the change instead of just letting them live, you know, live the new life?
0: That, that would actually be so much healthier um, for people because it, it is the acknowledgement of everything, like the forceful acknowledgement of everything that causes yeah. stress and, you know, causes people to kind of pull back on themselves and be unsure.
1: And it's just crazy because we did it as kids. Like everybody. You could be a mom as a kid, like at kindergarten when you played house. You were you could be mom, dad, sister, brother. You you were you were just assigned roles and you played them. You didn't you didn't question. You didn't like well, well. Technically, I'm a guy, not a girl, and and it wasn't there wasn't that. It was just you just did it. You just okay. That's what we have to do to play. Okay, let's play. And it's just so it's so interesting to see that that goes away at some point and that it just chipped away at until the point that we're all kind of ex you know like oh you know this is in and, and just taught to observe but not say anything. Yeah. And so there's always these you see something and you know I'm not going to say anything and just keep moving on. And so it it just always is it's always interesting. It's like I I don't know exactly where it comes but it's like just over time as an adult we just put these Different things into where we don't even play anymore. Like they have a, I guess they have an office thing we have. I'm working a corporate job as well, where there's a spaghetti and marshmallows, and you're <coughs> supposed to make the tallest structure out of these raw spaghetti and marshmallows that you can. And as an adult, you do it, and you know, half the time is spent planning. This is how you do it. And they said the most successful people at this are kindergartners because. Even if the marshmallow, if the spaghetti breaks or anything, they just scrap it, and start over. And adults just are, are so hung up on how can I make this the right way the first time that we just we run out of time before we execute.
0: Yep, failure failure makes everything perfect. You know, you're gonna have to fail a few times before you can actually succeed.
1: Yeah, and so I'm very interested in your fear because. I don't, it's, it's kind of, it's a common fear, but at the same time, like when you talk about your life, there's a lot of things that, that kind of coincide. So go ahead and tell people what you're afraid of.
0: I am definitely afraid of dentists.
1: And thinking of somebody that works by having people sit still in a chair, (laughs) just like a dentist, that that would be something you'd be okay with.
0: Yeah. And I, like, I don't know what it is. I'm. I literally get physically ill, you know, I shake through the whole entire, I had to be medicated in order just to get into the building, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it was so bad that I actually have taken 15 years from, um, between cleanings because I was just too terrified to go.
1: No, is it just, it's just the regular thing, like even just x-rays or.
0: Everything. It's, it's everything about, about going to the dentist. doesn't matter what it is. You know, and I have no explanation for it. I've never, like, I I remember going as a kid and I was, I'm actually being excited to go as a kid. um, Getting those little, like, uh, ceramic figurines that they used to give you and everything else. Never had a bad experience then. Never had a bad experience. um, The last one, I remember, I think I was 18. Never had a bad experience there, you know? So it's like, I don't understand why I have such a, a terrified fear of the thing, like, you know, when you walk into an office and you literally want to throw up right away, not yeah. a good idea.
1: <laughs> but it's just, yeah, it it's just, I mean, I've been that way too. Like, cause I, it's been more for me, like the dental procedures, like I've had cavities and stuff. And so it's the not knowing of what the drills like or things like that, like that, that's when I would get fear, like when they're about to put the drill in for the first time, like I would start trembling and tear would run down my face because I'm like, yeah. okay, I don't know. I don't know what to expect at this point. Is this going to hurt? Is this going to not hurt? Like what am I going to, are they going to mess up? Because I've heard horror stories of wisdom teeth because I didn't have my wisdom teeth pulled out to like three years ago. And so there people would tell me their wisdom teeth like they were knocked out and then they would wake up like mid pool while they're still Wrench in, in their mouth, and I'm like, that's terrifying.
0: Oh, yeah, that'd be a big fear. <laughs> just wake up in the middle of some procedure. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, and now that I've had it, I've I've experienced that. Like, it's not the worst thing. It was a, it was more annoying than anything. It's like, come on. And they had to, this wisdom tooth up here just wouldn't come out because it's, I guess my cheek is so tight around my my jaw that they couldn't get up in there to pull it out. And so it was like scraped up. It was, it was sensitive and they were just like, couldn't get it out. And they were, it was probably like five hours from what my mom told me. I don't know because I was, whatever drugs my doctor gave me were awesome. And so I just woke up at like three in the morning, like, okay, I guess I don't know what happened. My fate, I guess it's done. And my mom told me, yeah, we got home about eight. Like it took them five hours to get that tooth out.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that's a long, that's a little bit. And I can definitely, could not handle that. <laughs> okay.
1: That's interesting. You don't know where it started that like, you've never had a bad experience or anything.
0: No. Just... And my one daughter is now a dental hygienist. <laughs> so she has created my fear even more, <laughs> you know? Uh, and I ask her a question. It's nice because now I have somebody to ask questions, you know, to, mm-hmm um when it comes to things but uh I yeah I just I don't get it I don't understand it. I finally have found a dentist that I mm. like that um is actually very good.
1: Okay. <laughs> and
0: he like he's walked me through everything so good. They they do uh medicate me when I go in I am mm. out <laughs> so um but I it was um that was a really big uh a big thing too is was having somebody who understood that mm you know, you, how you feel going in there? So yeah. my fear is not lessened. I don't cry now at every appointment, <laughs> whether it's just a cleaning or an x-ray, um, but it's still there. Uh, if if I can make up an excuse not to go, I will find it.
1: So what questions do you have for your daughter? Like, I'm curious now, so you ask her questions. So what questions do you ask? Uh, that to me kind of leads into what you're afraid of.
0: Yeah. Uh, what? Well, so I'm, I, My dad had his teeth pulled when he was like, I don't know, the early thirties. And I always hated that. So for me, keeping my original teeth as long as I can, good Mm -hmm. idea. So I asked, um, I was always asking my daughter, like on toothpaste now, you know, like, because they, that's what they learn. And there really is a big difference. um, Some of the ones that she has uh, been telling me about, Um, I've been seeing a lot on electric toothbrushes. And so I asked her, do you know, the best one costs $400. <laughs> um, and that was one that they recommend, but uh, there was a, a cheap one at Walmart for 18. That was just as good um, was what she said. I was like, that's, that's kind of nice to know um, Yeah, that things like uh, I had, uh, I had one issue where I couldn't floss one day I just without like literally open, open my gum. So I'd asked her about that. It was there different ways, different things I could do so I could do that. So anything that's kind of give me a little mm-hmm. more information, yeah. You know? Okay. And then she'll send me, she, she's been taking injection courses now. So now she sends me like all of those little, you know, blurbs and yeah. I don't want to, I don't like needles either.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's the only part that bugs me is like the little, like the numbing. When they numb your tooth, when you numb your gums and stuff, and I was like, "Oh, that kind of smarts." But
0: I get a kick out of how they try to hide the needle. Like, just, just I know it's coming. Just, yeah, yeah. You know?
1: Well, that's that's fascinating. So your dad had a lot of teeth pulled, like all of them, or just all of them.
0: Yeah, all of them. went okay. straight dentures.
1: So yeah, times have changed a little bit with implants and stuff. So I have one implanted tooth that was broken beyond repair, and so. I, I was like, that's probably, you know, kind of where it came from is that you just equate your dad's, you know, tooth loss to going to the dentist. Somehow, some way you saw, you you picture your, you know, that's where your dad got his teeth pulled. So that's what's going to happen to you. Like they're going to, they're going to find a reason. And that's, I feel like what it is. Cause I always afraid of that too. Like, oh my God, what if I get a tooth loss? What, what then? Yeah. And so I, I totally I, I totally relate to that. Like, cause I've had those dreams where you, nightmares or something, where you're talking and your teeth fall out and you're just like, you're just like, and it's just all of them at once. Like, you're just constantly, and that's what kind of inspired me to go get my, I guess, my teeth redone. Cause I was like, you, I just didn't go to the dentist. I didn't know how dental insurance worked. I had a lot of paperwork and it's like, I don't know what this means with the pictures of the teeth. I don't know if I give that to the dentist. Do I have to fill this shit out? What is. They don't give you like instructions and I've had jobs that had dental care, but I've just never took advantage of it because I didn't know it was just overwhelming. It's overwhelming. The amount of stuff they get no explanation of what the coverage is. And so now that everything's more electronic and I have things that I can, you know, pay you know certain ways and don't have to worry about it. That's made it more easy to go to the dentist. Okay. Mm -hmm. They will look up the insurance for me, tell me how much I got to pay rather than me pay thousands because that scares me, too, is like the procedures is like, oh, the, you know, for seven thousand dollars, we'll get you get you back on track. And I was between jobs at that point. so, I, you know, I'm like thinking there's no way I can ever afford this. It just becomes a back burner item because of just the cost. And, you know, if you can't, you get a job that doesn't have dental coverage, then what do you do? You got to yeah. some kind of dental plan. Does yeah. that cover?
0: Like we had the one, uh, sitting that we had one day, it ended up being like $2,000 with work, you know, and it was just as simple as, um, I think a root canal, partial root canal and a couple of fillings, you know, something along that line. So it's, it's definitely, you know, fearful money wise, because, you know, if you don't, if you've only got partial coverage or if you have no coverage and you're paying that out of pocket, makes it a little more difficult to keep that going.
1: Yeah. I was happy we have a thing here called Care Credit, which is a credit card that you can take to like doctors, dentists, and eye doctors and stuff. And they will, they will charge, you know, you can charge them on them and then they will give you like a, you have six month, 12 month, up to 24 months, no interest to pay back that, that charge. And so you can pay it off, you know, or pay it down over time rather than have to come up with, you know, $3,000 for this dental procedure. They'll just, put it three thousand dollars on a twenty-four month layaway. Yeah. And then you just pay on it. You have a certain minimum, just like a credit card. And that kind of ease that financial burden just or you know, just the anxiety from that. Because that to me was one of my biggest is always like I like my my world is kind of set in one spot. So it's like, okay, I never want to all of a sudden have what little money I have all be called in for something medical or dental yeah, that has to pay for it. And so it always is that car, my car has done the same thing for me. Like I keep my car in as much running condition as I can. And so that's definitely like, how do you, what about doctors? Is that, do you get anxiety going to the doctor's office? Like does that
0: only if there's going to be a needle involved?
1: <laughs> okay. Um,
0: But I, I am less terrified of getting like an IV or a needle as I am going to the dentist. Like just that, that whole fear, you know, is just so, it just seems so irrational to me because of how strong it is. You know, like I said, I, I literally like will get physically ill walking up to the doctor's door, you know, to the dental door.
1: Do you, do you think part of it is that you can't see what the, where's the doctor?
0: No, it's, they're fully open. Yeah. Like the glass. Yeah. Like they, they have a really, um, really nice setup out here. Um, it's just, I, I don't, I think it's maybe cause I can't see anything that's going yeah. on with my mouth. Yeah, that's
1: what I'm saying. That's what I
0: else I can see. Yeah.
1: You can see the needle going into your arm, but you can't see the needle going into your face.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or see what they're doing with the drill or. Yeah. Oh, and that metal scrappy thing, I hated that. <laughs> that will always be a non-favorite of mine.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't like the the deep clean, the under the gum scraping, whatever, because yeah. then your face is, you can't drink cold water yeah. or anything like that because it just, it bothers your. I well, guess, they have,
0: you know, they have a new water pick thing now mm-hmm. that they can use instead of that um, scraper. Which is so much nicer, um, but through COVID they weren't allowed to use that, so they had to go back to the manual way. But that yeah. water pick, huge difference. <laughs> yeah, way more gentle.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're awake for that one. See, you're making progress. You you are yes. awake for the water pick. You didn't panic. You're not. And see, I always also was afraid because I had a gag reflex, and so when they do the X rays and they have to go back, and you're like, eh, and it's just. <laughs> You learn a lot about that from, I had a, I just had a, I guess my last, I guess she was a periodontist, but she kind of became my dentist as well, is that she just helped me. She's like, just breathe through your nose. Okay. And that, you know, she's like, you can't throw up. You don't get that throw up urge if you're breathing through your nose and I'll be damned if she wasn't dead on. so every time I'm like, you know, just trying to breathe through my nose and just hold it and just. Cause it's basically breathing through your mouth and moving your tongue over to that obstacle. And then your body is like, okay, get it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And taking your head off, off of it. <laughs> you know, yeah. sometimes if you can like, you know, take your head and just put it away for a little bit, that can make a big, a little bit of a big difference because you can not think about it fully.
1: Yeah. And uh, it was just, that was one of my other fears too, is like, I don't like to throw up every dentist visit and mm-hmm. stuff. And no. And so, you know, I've learned over time that, okay, that's how you do it. And, you know, how to get over the gag reflex and to uh, understand a root canal and be like, okay, yeah, I can be paid. And they're like, you're using, I was like, I'm just afraid financially if I don't do this now. Like I, that's a bigger fear than your drill right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's very hard to get in. Uh, imagine like a family, I mean, for me, a family of eight. If I didn't have dental you know, care, that would have been, it wouldn't have been impossible to even take them to their regular appointments, but um, it's nice to have that, uh, that little bit of financial help with your, mm-hmm. your programs, which we paint.
1: I was going to say to your daughter, the dental hygienist, take up dental hygienist because of your fear of dentistry, like is kind of a, to help you.
0: I honestly, I'm not sure why she chose to to do that. Uh, she was actually working out in Montreal as an au pair uh, mm-hmm. and decided to go back to school back there. And we figured she'd end up taking like, you know, basketball coaching or, you know, going into that because she was such a huge basketball player. Um, but no, that just got into dental hygienistry. <laughs> no idea where that came from.
1: It's a good paying career, though. I will say they, they pay well. Very, yeah. Or- And she gets to choose what dental offices she goes to. I get. Well, I don't know if in Canada. I know in the U.S. they you can pick your dentist office. You don't have to work for a certain dentist. You can one day work for one dentist office, the next day at another.
0: Yeah, yeah, they kind of have that up here as well.
1: Which is, I guess, that's kind of nice. You don't have the same boss every day. You can kind of, you don't get totally frustrated by one person because you're only there one or two days a week.
0: Well, and she would have um, patients that would uh, personally request her. Um, so she was very popular that way.
1: Awesome. That's definitely, is she the one that also did the pageantry or?
0: No, no, she's okay. my sports girl.
1: Okay. So do you have like, you all your kids have little, just one, <laughs> almost like one, one's an athlete, one's a, one's a dentist, one's a. Most one's of a them pageant. are geeks and
0: nerds. Okay. <laughs> you know, cool. We have the arts and crafts, one. won. <laughs>
1: That's cool, but I mean that's that's all fun because I mean it's almost like I can I could I couldn't imagine just ha- you know going through all these different little worlds like as a parent because you're supported but you get introduced to so many different things like what are you doing okay oh I'm doing this you know it's like huh okay you never it's almost like you you blinders are taken off of you for certain things too as a parent because it's like well. Oh, you were like doing sports. Okay, so now I've got to kind of know some sports, otherwise we're going to, you know, he- talk less. And so you have and to you really, go- you
0: do have to take in that that interest in their lives in order to find out. I watched so much Digimon and Pokemon, mm-hmm. which I didn't mind. Dragon Ball Z, I just couldn't get into, it, but I I watched it anyhow. The only yeah. thing we did not watch was South Park. I could not get into the Uncle F-er song. <laughs>
1: then
0: (laughs) now a little different but
1: fair enough I mean but you that's it thats probably something again that it's a value system that transfers osmosis wise as far as like okay well this is something my you know maybe they did watch it at other kids houses but it was they were respectful enough and to understand maybe okay so that's a little too far for my mom like and it helps them, you know, and, and probably gives them a value system if they have kids of their own to say, okay, well, that is kind of for their, someone their age, that's a little much, and it's it's fun for adults and stuff. When it's attended the nights it's hilarious, but you know, it's certain, you know, it's where what age do you allow that? Because every parent's different. Like, what age do you feel right. comfortable? In, it may have been different with from one kid number one to kid number seven eight. You know, just. You just learn and, you know, you learn how people are and say, okay, well, maybe you're not ready for this. You're, you know, set your sibling is, and you just have to try to make sure that the siblings know, hey, I don't approve of you letting sibling eight watch this show. So please be, be aware.
0: Yeah. Well, and we're a very big Disney family too. So it's, uh, Disney was played a lot in our house, <laughs> Yeah. You know, Uh, And we, like the majority of my uh, kids all cosplay, uh, which has been gotten huge over the years. I've always loved cosplay. But, you know, again, growing up, we didn't have that. For us, Mm -hmm. it was one day a year, Halloween. So I love that it's like super popular now. It gives us a chance, you know, even as a family to kind of put together some things as well.
1: That's awesome. Well, I thank you for doing this. Where can people find you on social media, Karen, if they wanted to?
0: Uh, So you can look me up by Karen Fitzhenry. Uh, or you can uh, look it up. It's Ms. Uh, Ms. Regina Galaxy uh, 2022 uh, on Instagram uh, and Facebook. Uh, you can also go under Facebook groups for the Paper Doll Initiative. Uh, you can vote for me, Miss Jetset. <laughs> I'm currently number four, um, and hopefully, uh, in Bake Talk One. So uh, you can find that on the Miss Jetset uh, website as well.
1: Awesome. Well, I thank you again for doing this. I know you've got an appointment here coming up. Yes. Make sure you're you're ready and good for that. And
0: yeah, good. Just doing nails?
1: <laughs> oh, just doing nails?
0: Yeah, just nails.
1: Okay. Well, enjoy. And I thank you again for doing this.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: So that was Karen. Make sure you check her out on Instagram, Facebook, and the Paper Doll Collective. I think that's a fantastic idea in such a creative way to kind of help people deal with some traumas and other things going on in their lives. So make sure to check that out. Also, I really enjoyed the conversation. It always makes conversations even more interesting when you can't put a finger on where exactly it started. Like my theory is that you can't see what's going on, so it makes it even more terrifying because it's out of your field of vision, so you can't see the needle, you can't see the drill, you can't see what they're doing even though I don't know if you want to at certain points but it's a very interesting you know fear and it's not something you know a lot of people are afraid of the dentist I have my bouts of that with some of the dental things that I've gone through and people telling me I'm a great patient and it's more I'm not a great patient I'm just trying not to make it worse by not addressing it so make sure you check her out also Follow the show. If you like what you hear, leave a review, uh, a five-star review if you can. If you have feedback for the show, email me at somefearfans at com. Thank you guys again for listening. Next week I have another guest with another fear. And thanks for listening to the Sum of All Fears podcast. And now some thank yous for the folks that make this show possible. Thanks to Barry Whitewater for my art and graphics. You can follow him on Instagram at... B White H2O. Get it? H2O like water. You can also follow him on Facebook Music. A huge thank you to Gunnar Olsen for the wonderful music provided for this podcast. You can follow him on Instagram at Gun Buns, that's Gunbuns, that's G U N B U N S, as well as his website, gunnarolsen.net. Check out some of the samples that he has recorded. They're amazing. He's an amazing percussionist. If you want to follow the show, we've got a Facebook group. Some of all fears, Instagram, Twitter, you can find us at Some Fear Fans. If you have some feedback for the show, email me at SomeFearFans, S-O-M-E-F-E-A-R-F-A-N-S at gmail.com. I'll be happy to, to take those into consideration. Also, if you'd like to be a guest, email me at SomeFearFans at gmail.com. We can try to iron out some details and get that settled in. You know, give us some feedback if on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a review. It makes the show bigger, and it's not going anywhere. I'm going to record as many shows as I possibly can. If you want to follow me on social media, I am at Ryan Perio. It's R-Y-A-N-P-E-R-R-I-O on all social media platforms. You can follow me there. And you can check me out at ryanperio.com, my website. I'll try to list upcoming shows there as well. It's been kind of spotty because as soon as I set it up, that's when the pandemic happened. And everything's kind of just in a a holding pattern. Thanks again for listening to the Sum of All Fears podcast. Next week, we'll have another guest with another fear. Thanks for listening. (music)